Hello and welcome to another episode of Now About That with James and Sarah. On this episode, we will be discussing our opinions on financial insecurities and the issues with the job market. Um, all of the information included in this episode is purely opinion-based and is based on the two, on our two experiences only. Um, so we'll just start off. Uh, again, my name is James. And I'm Sarah. Um, and this is really just kind of more of a laid-back conversation that Sarah and I are going to be having um, on what we feel like is meant when you say um, financial insecurities. Um, we'll talk a little bit about our own experiences with financial insecurities, and then we'll talk about the job market a little bit too right now. Um, so first, I mean, I will say I'm a little bit more fortunate in the last couple of years where uh, for the better part of 2019 and 2020, I was in a pretty good financial area financial situation uh, because I was working on an assignment where my company that I work for paid for a majority of like my living costs um, and then the rest of my income was to pay for like if we wanted to go sightseeing or something like that um, whereas now in 2021 I moved to a new location um, where the company it's just my base salary that I have to cover for all of my housing expenses and stuff like that which I shouldn't be griping about because that's how most people live on a day-to-day -day basis um, it's just the thing has the issue is when I moved to where I currently live in Rhode Island um, I should have asked and pushed a little bit more for a higher pay than what I was given uh, based on the information and the research that I did about the actual cost of living in this area. Um, I was I asked for a specific salary. I won't disclose what that salary is, um, but the salary that I was given was about $10,000 less than what, a year annually that, than what I asked for. Um, and I'm now starting to suffer those ramifications because I'm starting to have to live on my credit cards because rent is more than the one check I get per month. Um, and my credit cards are getting kind of up there on their balances. So I'm starting to starting to get rough. Um, Ryan, my partner, Ryan, um, has finally gotten another or finally gotten a job, which is nice. Um, so he's he's starting to work um, and add to the income uh, but he works part-time at a um, as a sales associate in a store so he doesn't make that good of money so it doesn't really add too too much to the income um, but that's I mean that's how I think of when I think of um, financial insecurities to me it's are you making enough to pay your bills and be able to do things that you want to do um, and I know that's kind of a first world problem where I'm very lucky to be able to pay my bills um, even though I don't have enough money to do things that I would like to do like travel and save up to pay for or to actually purchase a house because that's one of the hardest things right now um, and one of the biggest issues I had with moving back to Indiana from California I had a whole big plan in place where I was going to purchase a house before we moved back to California or back to Indiana um, and then that kind of fell through because I was required to come back to Indiana earlier than I wanted to. Earlier than was in the original plan as well. Um, so to me, if, if I am financially secure, uh, it looks like having enough money to pay my rent, 
pay my bills, pay any of the expenses, have have a car payment, which I know it's not necessary to have a car payment, but really, unless you're able to save the money to put down for the car that you want and pay out cash, you, at the end of the day, have to have a car payment. There's no getting around it unless you're going to buy a car that's worth like $3,000 and then have to pay to have it fixed whenever it breaks down every month or so. Um, I, I mean, I have, I have a car. It's a 2017 Ford Explorer, nothing great. Uh, could I have gotten a smaller vehicle for cheaper? Yes, um, but I'm also living in a climate that I wanted something that was all-wheel drive, that had a little bit more room for when we do make trips back to Indiana to visit family and things. Um, but that's, I mean, that's my take, like I said, on financial insecurity. So Sarah, we'll give you a minute to go through your take on financial insecurity. Um, well, I've always been financially insecure. Um, so for me, financial insecurity is the inability to function essentially without having to receive some kind of help. Um, so when we were in high school, I almost never had money for lunch. So it ended up being that, um, my friends, depending on, you know, who was sitting with me at lunch that day, would, like, share their food with me. Like, um, and then, you know, as I got older and I got married and was working, I was working a lot. And I was able to do some traveling and, you know, have some fun, but it always came kind of at a cost. And I had to wait until I got my tax refund back to be able to do it. Um, and my husband wasn't working at all pretty much the entire time that we were together, except for like maybe a year or two in there. Um, so for me, being financially secure is being able to take care of myself without having to like ask somebody, hey, can I borrow, you know, X, Y, Z so that I can pay this bill or that bill like and currently I am on the complete opposite end of where James is <laughs> in that um, I I got COVID um, in December at the very end of December which pisses me off um, of 2021 and I haven't been able to work since because I don't have the capacity anymore to work on site. And my job was as a pharmacy technician. Um, and like, even though I still have my job, um, my short-term disability ran out. They don't offer long-term disability. And um, so I'm just on leave of absence, which means any money that I might get from accruing vacation time or whatever, it automatically goes towards my insurance so that I can stay insured and continue to like, go to the doctor and whatnot. I think that's, I mean, that's a little bit of a positive. It, it sucks because you're not getting that money back um, and paid out, but it, it enables you to maintain insurance to cover your bills for going to the doctor and those type of things. Um, 
I, I have to say, I don't think I could, I don't know how I would be able to do what you're, how, live how you're living. And I, I don't mean that to sound like a negative thing or like. Dang, judgy much? <laughs> I don't, I don't mean it to sound judgy if it's coming across that way. Um, but I don't, I can't imagine myself in that situation. And that's what kind of, that, that's kind of where I am now where it's like, if something were to happen, I would be completely screwed. Um, so if I were to like have a really big vet bill for my dog that I would have to pay or have uh, something go wrong with one of the two cars that I have, I would be screwed because I don't have the funds available to pay for those things. Um, and I would have to use either get a loan or use my credit cards, which are pretty close to being all used up anyway. Um, and I hate living like that um, so much so that it's going to kind of transition us into our next topic um, about job market and looking for new jobs. Um, Sarah, you're trying to find remote work or jobs where you don't have to work in at a facility. Um, I'm, I'm not really looking for a new job right now, but I am looking and reviewing potential opportunities if I were to need to move into a new position because I'm not making enough where I currently live to sustain my um, sustain my way of life that I've grown accustomed to over the last three years um, that I'm going to have to eventually move into a new position um, I, I mean I love I love the place I work I've gotten to do so many things with the company I work for, uh, moved to California for a year, almost two years, uh, moved to Rhode Island now. Um, I've gotten to do so much with the company and build up my career with this company that if I were to move to a different company, it would suck because it's, I built up a reputation at the company that I live or I work for where we're a global company and there are people that um, work in like Ireland or work in a different country that will come to me and ask me to help them with something and I don't to me I don't feel like I'm recognized enough for what I do for my work and this I know it's you can say say what you, <laughs> you always see it a specific way um, and your your view is different than other people's view I understand that um, but when I look at and I discuss with other people even my coworker currently um, they and she's technically my boss now um, she feels the same way. She feels like I'm not, I don't, I'm not in the position that I should be in. Uh, I should be in a higher position. Um, and I should be getting compensated for what I do, but there's really, I, there, the fight there is, and this is a fight that I've had to deal with for the past six years in the position that I'm in. I know I can do the job. I'm great at what I do. I always try to master, become the subject matter expert or SME of anything that I am given. So any job that I'm given, any any system that we use, I, I try to learn everything I know about that system or everything there is about that system so that I can be the person that is like the go-to. I think that's my, what's it, Capricorn? I'm a Capricorn. I think yes. that's, I'm a very driven person um, and I wanna be, I always wanna be the person that is able to fix something or show show someone how to do something um and i honestly i don't know if i would even attribute it to the fact that i am a capricorn 
that's just that's just the who i am i have i have control things that if i can have it in my control i would rather be able to do it myself um and help someone with something rather than make them have to figure it out themselves um i i train that's my job i train people so i will show them how to do it um but i like being the one that is the go-to person to have that um, and I feel like if I were to move to a different company it would I, I don't think the company would see it as that much of a loss which kind of sucks um, but to me the the abilities that I've mastered and the items that I've kind of become like I said the subject matter expert over over the last 12 and a half years I've worked for the company it it feels like it's a waste of time or it was a, it was a waste of my my time my energy um, and because they're not letting me move on. Yeah, I can I can see that. A lot of it is definitely because you're a Capricorn, um, <laughs> being an Earth sign. Um, so for me, the job search has been just trying to find something that I can do from home. Um, I. I tell people I went from being a workaholic to not being able to work at all. And what really sucks is I had actually started finding some financial security. Like I was finally able starting to get to do things um, and be able to save money. And I had I had um, over a thousand dollars in my savings account at one point, which was a big deal for me. And then this happened, and everything just kind of went to shit. Um, but the thing is that I'm running into, and I've complained about extensively uh, to James, is that um, using some of these job boards, um, such as LinkedIn or Indeed, um, has been a nightmare in that so many companies are listing themselves as remote opportunities because so many people want to work from home but the positions are not remote like at all um there was one that even said in the um job title that it was remote and then i scrolled down and it said 100% in office. Like. Yeah, I think that kind of talks to the misleading kind of clickbait um, where it comes to there's they're putting something in there because they know it'll get more clicks on their their position that they have open or their opening. Um, but they're not they're including the fact that it isn't actual remote. Um, and they're saying, well, we you can you'll, you'll be able to work from home once a week or once a month so that's considered uh, a hybrid or work from home opportunity um, I think I agree and I've seen where they've posted something and said this is a remote job and then when I look at it um, it says remote but you have to be in like in Florida or Alabama you have to be based in a specific location which in that in that instance, it's, I wouldn't consider that remote. Like, no. saying you're remote means I can work from anywhere. Yeah. Um, and if I need to, 
So I kind of understand it from a business standpoint. And I'll, I'll say, I, I went to school for business. I have a, a bachelor's degree in business. I'm not by any means a expert on business, um, but I can look at it from a business standpoint. Because I have been in a company for 12 years and I can look at it. I like to look at things from both sides of the aisle. Um, from a business perspective, we're saying, we want you to be close to the company in case we do need you to come in for anything. Um, so if you are working a remote job um, and we're based in Alabama, but you live in California, we would have to pay for you to come to Alabama to come into the office to cover whatever we need to talk about. Um, but then you would argue, why couldn't we just do what you want to discuss remotely? Um, and there are, I mean, since we've been doing it since 2020, their remote options have become so much better and so much easier to use that it doesn't make sense for there not to be a remote option for people. Um, for that instance, like if, if for some reason, like we were having a, a something that was on-site only, you should have an option where there's a way to like mount an iPad to a, to a robot or something and have it roll around. Do I think that companies should have to cover that cost? No, but then it's like, don't do, if you're, if you have a lot of people that are remote and you're going to make yourself a remote only company or say that you have remote positions, then you shouldn't be hosting things that are fully in-person only unless you're willing to pay for that person to come to your uh, in-person event. Um, and I think that's, to me, the business side of it. A lot of companies are like, well, we need people if we put remote only or remote opportunities in the listing, we'll get more people to apply. And eventually, and this is probably a millennial thing, uh, people are more willing to take a job if they're offered it, even though it doesn't match all their criteria or all their requirements because they just need a job. Yeah, which is basically where I'm at right yeah. now. So like literally right before we started recording this, I got an email um, saying that this company that I applied at for a virtual assistant position um, is is willing to move forward with me um, with a start date of June 14th. Um, it's part time. The pay is $400 a week. And it's like that's nowhere near the amount that I've been trying to get, which is $40,000. I'm, I'm at the low end of things. So like I have been working as a pharmacy tech making about thirty-two, dollars $33,000 a year, which is not very sustainable. And most of the time I can't afford things. So to me, $40,000 a year is a lot. <laughs> and this is the reason I'm not going to say how much I make because I make more than that. And I and I feel I always feel bad when I hear, oh, I make forty thousand dollars and I feel like that's enough. I'm like, I, I don't I don't see how I could live on forty thousand dollars a year. In and I'll say it, in the lifestyle that I've grown accustomed to over the last three years, which isn't an extravagant lifestyle by any means. I just think I've I've 
gotten to the position where I make a certain amount of money and I've been making a certain amount of money for um, over $60,000. Well, no, over $50,000 for almost six years now. I've been making making that salary annually for almost six years now. Um, so I've grown accustomed to not having to live below that number. Um, it's Sometimes it is rough, $60,000 with all the insurance I have to pay, my taxes, because I am in a higher tax bracket. I do have to pay higher taxes. Um, I also have, this is my own personal issues where I pay for the bills for some of my family members. So like my brother and sister, or no, my sister, my father, and my nephew, one of my nephews are on my cell phone plan. So I pay for all four of those cell phones plus my Apple Watch um, on my cell phone plan. So for me personally, it's probably like $80 a month. But for the entire bill, it's over uh, almost $200 a month that I pay for a cell phone bill. And I only use one cell phone and an uh, Apple Watch. I could remove the Apple Watch and it would be $70 a month because it's only $10 for a month. $10 a month for an Apple Watch. But because I have basically volunteered myself to give them a cell phone, pay for their cell phone every year. Um, and that's been, I think, I wanna say since 2013, I've been doing that, 20, no, uh, 2016 is when I started having all four of the cell phones on my phone, my phone plan. Uh, but then until this last month, I also paid my dad's car insurance and paid for him to have insurance. Um, his insurance was my insurance, so we were included on the same insurance plan. Um, I just paid it the monthly premium and never asked for any money from him. Um, but since I moved out to Rhode Island and I can't afford to pay both insurance premiums anymore, um, I asked him to start paying it. And he actually, which I don't think he would ever have said no. Um, I just hadn't really ever asked him to. Um, in the last three years that he's worked for the company that I I work for as well, um, he's he's making enough money now that he sh he's able to. Where before he wasn't really wasn't making enough money to pay his own bills and pay my and pay for well pay his own bills, <laughs> um, including insurance and stuff like that. So I mean I have I'm a head of household even though I don't qualify for that tax break. I don't have any children and I'm not married I don't get the tax break saying that I'm a head of household um, and get reimbursed that for the year uh, but I am technically the head of a household where there are two people living here I make the most money pay for all the bills so I pay the rent I pay the electric I pay the gas water everything like that I pay the monthly insurance premium for both of our cars and I'm not saying I, I did it all myself. Like I'm, it's again, one of those control things that I sh should be working on um, where I want control of it. And that's why I have the bills in my name and I pay all the bills. Um, I've done it myself. <laughs> it sucks that I've done it myself, but I feel like I, I don't, I don't know. It's just weird. Um, but from the jobs hunt standpoint, I'm not really looking for a job. I have an alert set for a specific position on my 
phone on LinkedIn. So if something comes up, I get an alert and it tells me that there's a new job posting. Um, and I'll go in and look at it and weigh my options. But even right now, I can't I can't leave the position or the place, the company that I work for um, until a specific time because they did pay for me to move to Rhode Island. Um, anything I they paid if I leave before the year that I moved here, um, then I would have to pay it back. So if I left, I would have to pay it back. And it's quite a bit of money and I can't really pay it back. Right. Nope, I'm just taking whatever I can get at this point. Um, Tying kind of into the financial insecurity has been um, not just my job hunting, but finding housing. Because currently I'm houseless. Um, I am a homeless person. A member of the unhoused community. community. <laughs> um, it's the PC term. And we no longer say homeless. Um. So, trying to find assistance for just existing um, is, is really rough. So, I guess going back to what does financial security look like to me, it's viable options for housing and living. Um, and, you know, opportunities to be able to work and live comfortably. Um, you know, be able to pay my bills, be able to take care of my health, you know, like, um, what was it? Right before I ran into, um, all these issues where my short-term disability had ended and whatnot, um, I had a tooth issue that I had to go to the dentist for, and the dentist was outside of my network, um, but were willing to work with me on like, you know, payment plan and whatnot. And so I had agreed to do that because I just desperately needed something to happen with my tooth. Um, and so they got in there and they started doing a root canal and realized about partway through the root canal that they were not able to complete it, that it was going to have to be completed by an endontist. So then I am like, okay, let me see if I can find an endontist in my network. I call the endontists that are in my network and every single one is saying I have to pay 500 or $600 up front, despite the fact that my insurance, they're in my insurance network um, before they will do anything. So it's been, it's been almost three months since the doctor put like temporary stuff on my tooth and I still haven't been able to go to the dentist the endontist to get it taken care of see that's a whole other conversation that I don't understand about it's like if I'm paying a insurance company a monthly premium and I need to go to the doctor my monthly premium should 100% cost whatever I need to whatever needs to I need to go to the doctor like there's absolutely no instance in my mind where an insurance company would be saying, "I, you, we can't approve the coverage of that cost. Even if it's the whole out-of-network conversation baffles me. And my coworker, she's having the same issue where 
um, her insurance doesn't pay. Like she just had to have her and her daughter had to have some pretty big surgeries recently, and she's having to cover like over ten thousand dollars worth of just her own insurance or her own payment that the insurance wouldn't cover because it just it was it's expected that you have co-insurance which why would i need co-insurance if i'm paying a monthly premium or an well ours is it comes out of our paycheck every week every two weeks right so if i'm paying a premium for my insurance why would i need to get another insurance to supplement what i'm paying for if i'm paying and I, when i look at mine it's 18 180 dollars a month more than that, it, I'm some, it's ninety like $97 every paycheck is what I pay for my insurance. And that includes um, vision and dental. Um, so it's like, if and I have the highest insurance that you can get with your company, with the company I work with. So it's like, and I'm a, I don't know what insurance she has. I'm assuming she probably has the same thing. Um, but it's like, if I, if I were to go to the doctor, I have a deductible that I have to but I also put in um, an extra amount so that my company that matches the amount I put in, uh, it would pay for the deductible using my uh, flexible spending account. So I don't actually have a deductible if I use my flexible spending account. Um, so everything in my eyes, or from what I can tell, would be covered as long as I'm within the network or going to a doctor that's approved by the company I work with or the company that insures me. Um, that being said, I don't know that that's the truth. I don't, I'm one of those people that I don't go to the doctor as often as I should. I really should go to the doctor, um, but I, I don't, so I don't know how my insurance works. So I'm basically paying, I've been paying for four years now this expensive insurance that I don't actually utilize so over the last four years I've been paying this insurance money and then if I ever go to try and use it the money that I've been paying for the last four years doesn't matter because they won't cover they may not cover the procedure or the item that I need to go to the doctor for I don't think that's a thing that should be okay like definitely I, agree I don't understand that I don't either it's like I, you shouldn't be telling me what you're going to cover. I'm paying you to do a specific job. If I need it, I've been paying you for four years. You shouldn't be able to deny it unless it's something that is like purely cosmetic. Like if I wanted to go get an eyebrow lift or something cosmetic like that. Yeah, obviously I would be expected to pay for that myself. But if like if I were to need um, on my broken leg, if I were need to need work corrective surgery for my broken leg that happened when I was 16 my insurance company shouldn't say well you have to pay this amount of it because we won't cover all of it when I've paid $90 every paycheck more than $90 every paycheck for the past four years is that enough to cover it probably not no but I shouldn't be I shouldn't be on the hook for that because the 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 healthcare system is so broken in the United States that it costs twenty thousand dollars to have a surgery, um, and when you look at the cost, the breakdown of the cost, you're paying four thousand dollars to stay in a room for an hour. Yeah, like I shouldn't have to pay four thousand dollars to stay in a room. I I understand, 
um, working in the medical industry, a medical adjacent industry, there are things that it costs to sterilize. That's an expensive cost. Um, it costs to pay the nurses to redo the bedding and stuff like that for that for that that room. Um, but it shouldn't. That should be an, a known cost that should be included in the recovery and the. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be that extraordinary amount of four thousand dollars to stay in the room for a couple of hours. Yeah, it shouldn't be on patients as far as I'm concerned. Like that's not something the patient should be paying for. But I mean, you know, it just, it's like you said, the healthcare system here in the United States is so irreparably broken at this point that we all just think it's normal to pay thousands upon thousands of dollars. Um, and other countries are like, n n no, that's literally not how this works. That's not how any of this works. It would be cheaper. So I was in a car accident when I was in my early 20s and shattered um, the left side of my pelvis and one of my legs. And eventually, I will need to get a hip replacement um, for my pelvis. The thing is, is it would be cheaper for me to get my passport, get it round trip ticket to Spain, go to Spain, have the pelvic, like the, the hip replacement, recover in Spain and come back than it would be to get it done here in the United States. I think I saw something on TikTok or YouTube or something the other day where someone did, did something like that. They already had their passport, but they paid the ticket to fly to another country, pay out of pocket for the procedure to be done, stayed and recovered in that state. And I, I want to say it was, it wasn't Spain, but it was, um, I don't remember what country it was, maybe Denmark or something, um, where they, they were able to stay in that state or that, that country and recover and then come back and they still paid half of what they would have paid for the surgery, even yeah. with, with insurance. Yeah. Um, I was reading about someone who was working in Japan, who's an American citizen, and um, they were like, I have to go to the doctor, I'm really, really sick, so they went to the doctor, and um, the person waiting on them was like, oh, I'm sorry, since, you know, you're not a Japanese citizen, you don't qualify for the insurance coverage here, um, so I apologize for the cost, and she was like freaking out, thinking, oh my god, it's going to be so expensive, and it was like eight dollars USD for her to see the doctor I don't remember if it was actually eight dollars but it, like it was really low it was a small amount. it yeah. was a very small amount um, in comparison whereas you know I've been doing this long COVID study where I have to go um, to see different doctors trying to figure out what to do to help me recover from long COVID um, and it's even with my insurance, um, one of the things I had to do with $50, like, for it. And I was like, it's $50, it's $20, it's $20, it's $20. And, like, I have to see these people regularly. So it's it just builds up and builds up and builds up. And I have no way of paying it because I'm not working. 
So it's just like this endless cycle of stupid medical bills and all this other stuff. And then trying to like get out of debt so that I can like live. See, that's the biggest thing I'm worried about. Me, over the past eight months, I've incurred so much debt because I've been having to use my credit card to pay for things, small things like the groceries because of my rent and all the other bills I have to pay eat my entire paycheck that now I've gotten so much debt that I'm going to have to try and dig myself out of where when I moved here I had maybe $4,000 in credit card debt which is still a lot of a lot in credit card debt but now it's like double that almost well, more than double that um, and it's what am I like how am I going to be able to get out of that credit card debt that I've now accrued over the course of eight months six seven months um but that does kind of bring up a good so we can make it a a little bit of a light note so basically what we're doing with this is saying anyone that has a job that could meet sarah's needs (laughs) reach out to us yeah no joke we have our and I, i keep forgetting to give you the password and stuff to the podcast information so that you can go and do Upload stuff yourself on our Instagram. and Yeah, like the picture I took earlier of us trying to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, you need to send it to me so I can upload it to our Instagram. Um, so those types of things where uh, if you if you have those things, or I know, Sarah, you're working a lot and trying to get information as much as you can on like LinkedIn and um, those types of things. But like, it's, it's, I want to use this as a platform for, for us. Um, I eventually would like to start actually getting paid to do these because right now we're we're not getting paid anything to do these. This is just a fun thing for you and I, um, as like a an in or a, an added income where it's something that we do on a regular basis, which we can't take a month off like we did this this time. <laughs> um, but we have. I'm looking at possibly looking into doing some um, endorsements and some some commercial type things where we'll break every now and then for a small commercial break where we're talking about a, a company but I'm being very selective in what 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 I choose mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'm, I'm gonna give you the I'm giving you the account information so you can look at them as well mm. uh, so we'll look at them as well uh, in a little bit but I'll also give you the account information if you're like well let's do this one too um, they're little like Jesus <laughs> Nice, Sarah. That was you. <laughs> um, there, it's it's a through the um, podcast app that I signed up for, signed paid for, um, which is ninety nine dollars for a year a yearly subscription. Um, there's a way to sign up to do these endorsement deals or have like an enroll ad rolled through where you can select it. You. You basically present your idea to the company that is looking for a, a commercial or an endorsement um, and you pitch your idea tell them how much you want for the episode per episode that the endorsement or the ads going to run on and then they approve or deny decline accept or decline your proposal so we'll look at that um, a little bit today or tomorrow probably today since Ryan doesn't get it get home for a little while 
um, take a look at them, see see if you see anything that makes makes sense to you. Uh, one of us can record it, um, and then we'll add it in as a enroll ad or begin it before ad because there's there's different options before after um, in the middle. So there's there's different options we can look at, um, but I think to me do a wrap up because we're almost at an hour um do a wrap up of financial insecurities to me like i said if i can't pay all the things all the things that i need to pay um and still have money left over to put in savings for things like if i have an issue with bobo my dog where i need to take him to the vet and pay a vet bill i'm not having to put it on a credit card i would have to make so much more money than i do now to have that type of savings that I don't know when or where that's at, where if that where that's gonna ever happen. Um, so it's I'm like I'm just hoping it doesn't happen. Um, and it's kind of scary because he is 15 years old, so it could happen any day. Um, I'm just hoping it doesn't. So putting out good vibes that it doesn't. He's in he's been in great health, which I'm very happy about. And he's had an he has an issue, but it's manageable right now. So. We're, we're getting through. I just, I do worry that something's going to happen and I'm not going to be able to pay for it. Yeah, I get that. Uh, that's me. <laughs> Worrying about me on a regular basis. I don't see how anyone can say, oh, America's the best country in the world where some of your citizens are living, even making okay money, but they Still have living to, in poverty. They have to worry about what happens if my dog gets sick or what happens if my car breaks down um i think thankfully i mean i do have with the um the loan that i got i do have for three years of building the car um a maintenance program where i can take it somewhere and i'll just have to pay like a 500 deductible, but that's still 500 dollars i have to come up with and if it's something that's not covered then pay out of pocket for it yeah uh, but it's i mean america get better you shouldn't people in your country shouldn't have to live the way that some people do live like yeah i mean i'm not saying i'm i'm and i'll say this i am in no means in a bad position but i am in a position that it's it could get hairy if something were to happen and i'm in the position where it's already gotten hairy because something bad happened so, I thought this was going to be a lighthearted episode where we were going to talk a little bit about our experiences and have fun, but kind of gotten a little bit dark where we're telling America you suck. <laughs> and I, 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 okay, let me let me change that. I don't think it's America you suck. It's America you can do better. I think it's you do suck, but you can do better. The the people who run the country suck because they don't actually care about the people they'd much rather waste their time on controlling certain people's bodies than actually taking care of people that are already here that's see that's the thing also i think i mean and this is we're getting political again and i i just said in the last episode we wouldn't get political every time 
but one thing I would like to kind of point out is if you're in like the Senate or the House of Representatives or presidential, you you make enough money to where you shouldn't be talking for people that do have to live paycheck to paycheck uh, because you don't know what it's like anymore. Um, if you ever did. I think, I mean, one person that I could say I kind of identify with most and I think a lot of millennials do at least, um, AOC, her, um, what's her name? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> I, I see AOC so much that that's all I call her. Uh, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is she's the closest to kind of like how I know I've lived um, where she's like she she went to school she fought for everything she has she's she is fighting for what I understand from what I see she's fighting for a healthier cleaner more comfortable way for people to live and it's everyone not just those people that make millions of dollars every year or hundreds of thousands of dollars every year that they're they're able to live comfortably she's fighting for the person that makes forty thousand dollars a year to live comfortably and not have to worry about what happens if i get long covid or what happens if i need a tooth fixed or what happens if i have a 15 year old dog that needs to go to the vet but can't get vet insurance because he's too old um those types of things that I, that's why I really like AOC. Um, and I think that people like Ted Cruz and um, even Mitt Romney, who's a little bit not as crazy or conservative as Ted Cruz, but he's still not great. Um, those types of politicians don't have any room to talk for the little person or the people because they are so indebted to big corporations because they paid for their their seat at the table um, they paid for their campaign they they bought them i hate saying it like that because they do work hard i assume i don't really know mm-hmm. um based on taking a trip to cancun when the whole of texas is frozen don't do that don't be stupid even if it's your daughter wants to go don't be stupid he just blamed his daughter because he's getting all the backlash. Um, I think, like I said, I think that's why I, I identify with AOC the most. Um, and I, I really like her. She talks about things that make sense to me. Um, and I can see from both sides where it, it looks like she's a little bit of an extremist because she is pushing for things that do spend money. But you can't say that you aren't okay with America spending money when you're okay with them spending it on military where it's trillions? Is it trillions of dollars now? It is trillions of dollars. It's in the trillions and you're you're saying for Medicare, it's Medicare's too much. But you're okay with spending trillions of dollars on um, the military and Yeah. And the argument there always is and I I always I always do this where I I say it, but then I'm like the caveat or the 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 other argument is well we have to pay our people of the military. It's like yeah we do, but that's not like if you look at the salary that goes for people in the military, that's not what the bulk of that defense fund goes to. Oh yeah, no, there's homeless veterans all over the place. 
Yeah, and if that was, and that's the argument as well. It's like veterans come before immigrants. It's like, no, they don't. They, <laughs> I mean, they they should. They, Everyone should be treated equally. Um, I mean, I do agree. I think we should make sure veterans have enough, but it should be the same. Like, you shouldn't be looking at, oh, well, the veterans aren't getting it, but these people are. It's like, well, not why are these people getting it? Why are they getting it before the veterans? It's like, why aren't the veterans getting it as well? Yeah. Like, you shouldn't be, well, these people from Mexico are being treated well. They're not being treated very well. No. Like, they're they're not. held in cages, those types of things. And it's like, yeah, we have homeless, unhoused veterans. That's not something that a Democrat did. That's not something that a Republican did. That's something that a broken, broken country has done and something that a, a country needs to look at our country needs to look at and say okay we're putting all this money into something but what of that money is going to actually help for those unhoused veterans right um i think we're gonna take a minute uh probably call it a day for that because my dog again needs to go out <laughs> um and I'm glad you guys, if anyone is listening, thank you for listening. Um, and I appreciate you sitting with us, sitting with it through us, through <laughs> sitting with us through this. Um, and we look forward to having more conversations in the future. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> All right. Thanks, you guys.